get so mad about the fucking I can't charge and do the headphones at the same time. It makes me so mad. The yeah, lighting. you need like nine it's, different cables to. I hate Apple. it. I hate it so much. <laughs> okay, Why are I'm they doing this to us? I need okay. to hit record. Hold up. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm having a boomer moment here. One second. How do I get the thing to work? Oh my god, we should rebrand it as that. My dad used to call it blonde moments, which is racist. <laughs> no, I say boomer moment all the time, which is ageist. But... Yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay though. All right, I'm recording. Welcome to City Council. I'm Paula Viganalan, and I'm really excited for our guest today, Twitter friend, but also like really shaped my college years and further out. I, and then I finally got to meet him on Twitter, the creator of Cyanide and Happiness, Rob Dimblecker. Hey, thanks for having me. Did I say your last name right? I always do that with introductions right after. No, you said it, you got it most of the way, right? You got two out of three syllables. So Den, that's, that's pretty Den, good. Den Blecker. Den, Den Blecker. Den, Den Blecker. Yeah. Why did I say Dine? I don't know. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> real, the, the cruel irony is I grew up with a speech impediment, so I couldn't say my own last name until I, really? was, like, until I was like 12. What yeah. was your speech impediment? It was a little bit of everything. I slurred words. I like You had a French that, accent. Yeah, I had a French accent. <laughs> I, I would break into Esperanto randomly. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I would say yeah. that's a feature. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and like, how did you get into web comics? And you grew up in Houston, first of all, which is where I happen to be today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Life comes full circle. Yeah. I grew up yeah. in Houston. I, I got into cartoons by accident, like in the early 2000s, um, when the internet was still not terrible or it was terrible, but in different ways than it is now. It was now. like mostly cat stuff. From what I recall. Yeah. No, this was even before cats. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. This was, was pre-Egypt internet. internet. <laughs> <laughs> it was all hieroglyphs. But yeah, when I was like 15 years old or so, I just pirated a copy of Macromedia Flash and taught myself how to animate. Met some other guys who were also teenagers with no friends, just making cartoons. And then those guys I met became my current co-writers. We just decided to start making cartoons in high school and it sort of stuck. It was never supposed to be a career. It just kind of happened by accident. That wasn't, but that's not an accident though, that you like went out and sought out the technology to do it and, and like dedicated <laughs> yourself to it. And you're like, it was an accident. <laughs> at, at the time it was just an alternative because all my friends were having fun and doing underage drinking, but I didn't have any friends. So I just made friends on the internet, which, which is never a good idea for a child, but yeah, it led me here. I totally missed like the chat room era and making friends on the internet when I was a kid era because like yeah. I feel, my parents were like so strict they would like not let me go to sleepovers until I was like my brain was mostly formed <laughs> like <laughs> they waited until I was like in middle school and stuff to let me go to sleepovers um, but you were so able to go on chat rooms no, I was I wasn't able oh. to go on chat rooms or anything first of all because I was like a dork and like didn't even know I could do that and then Second of all, because I think immediate, I feel like I was so scared my parents would immediately find out anyone I was socializing with and then just embarrass me in front of them. Right. <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't even think that was an option. That's really cool. So you were like, how old were you when that happened? You were like 15 um, maybe? I was like 15 posting stuff on Newgrounds, like getting like a, a small number of, of fans th through that. But it wasn't until college when Cyanide and Happiness started. We all kind of started growing out of um, the animations, running out of time because we were too busy with school stuff. And then we decided, hey, let's just do a comic strip. Instead of 24 frames per second, it's four panels total. It's a lot easier to tell a joke yeah. um, in a comic strip. So we, um, so me, Chris and Dave just started doing that. And then it became a thing a couple of years later. So it took a couple of years for it to like pop off basically. Yeah. Um, and then like, what were you studying in college? What did you, what was the alternative? 
Um, I was studying uh, computer animation. Oh, so okay. like, you know, like Pixar stuff. I thought that was a cool career choice at the time because I love those movies. I was there for the first year of the animation program. So it was kind of a shit show. Like professors kept getting fired and stuff. Oh my God. Because like the whole program kept being like reshaped and reformed like every year. They didn't know what they were doing. Now I've heard it's better. Now they have like a giant ass building and it's like a reputable program. But I, I was kind of the beta tester. Like our class was just sort of figuring it out alongside the the professors. Um, so you know that kind of gave me more reason to just spend time on cyanide and happiness in my free time. Do you know what's weird is like I experienced the same thing, but with bioengineering, because I was the first class to graduate from bioengineering from Caltech. And so yeah. they put us in like all of these other like advanced engineering courses and like the professors, nobody got fired, but like the professors <laughs> didn't know what to do. And then like later on now more campuses are having like buildings and stuff for biomedical engineering, but it's like the same <laughs> thing, but like in STEM. That's so weird. Um, yeah, we didn't have a building. We had this annex that we called the barn because it was just two rooms and it was really drafty. And like, it was, yeah, they kind of threw us into a hole and taught us how to you, animate. Where did you go to undergrad? Uh, UT Dallas. I'm just sitting uh, here bad mouthing them, but they, they, are, <laughs> they are a good school. Yeah, they had a whole barn for you. Um, yeah, just for me. <laughs> okay, so then the comic takes off and then you guys did you form your company before then or were you like oh shit this is going to be my career now kind of it wasn't really like one thing it was sort of a gradual transition mm -hmm. we noticed one month instead of making zero dollars on advertisements we were making fifty dollars and then a hundred and then zero again and then 200 oh, wow. so it was kind of like a wobbly slope where we weren't quite sure it was going to be full-time so it took us a few years to kind of like of kind of like riding the fence and keeping up with like you know, traditional jobs like Chris Wilson worked at Pizza Hut, like for the first few years that Sunday and Happiness was going on. But then sometime around 2007 or eight, it reached the kind of the full-time threshold where we started shifting all of our focus. And that's when we founded the company and just kind of started putting all of our eggs in one basket. And what other web comics and animators and creators kind of influenced you or did you see like rise alongside you? Who who inspired you in this early era of um, web comics? I mean, yeah, there was there were a few back then that are still going, like XKCD. There was this one comic called Doctor McNinja, which was <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but no. it's it's about a ninja who's also a doctor. <laughs> that one really inspired me. I feel like my parents would be like, "See, they can be a doctor and a ninja." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, why are you just a ninja, huh? Why are you just a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> but That's yeah, cool. I mean, back then. Oh my god, I love comics. this style, and he's wearing a mask while also putting on gloves. Amazing. Of course. Yeah, that's really relevant in this COVID world. <laughs> <laughs> he invented masking <laughs> yeah. and doctors Doc <laughs> and ninjas. No. Okay, cool. Now, what is your, we'll be like in our group chat together and you'll be like, okay, I got a meeting and I got this other, I'm like, what are you like? How does working at a web comic company work? What do you do? What's your week like? Oh man. Like it's never the same from week to week. It's really? kind of, my brain is kind of melting at all times especially these days because the pandemic kind of threw everything into chaos. Yeah, but it's a lot of things. It's a mix. Like sometimes it's creative meetings. We're writing the next cartoon. Sometimes it's business stuff. We're meeting with like third parties. We, we, we launched a couple of card games over the past few years. So like a lot of those meetings are just kind of boring. <laughs> like, you know, what's the what are the sales figures? Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, a mix. Um, I'm trying to get more creative meetings and less businessy stuff, but there's always something going on. And then what are your positions? Like how many people work at your company? Do you have to like hire people to do the technical part? What's the We like? have about 13 people who work for us full time now. And the, the, most of those people are animators. 
They're doing oh. all the stuff that I'm bad at. <laughs> They're like creating backgrounds, animation, character design for the shorts. And then we have a couple of really good managers, like production managers, a producer, people just in charge of various departments. In your store, you have like books and games and plushies and like all sorts of things. So you have to have somebody in charge of like reaching out and doing those, being in charge of that, right? Yeah, it all takes a lot of people, uh, more than you'd expect to keep things moving. So has it always been that big or have you been expanding more recently? It kind of has gone up and down. Like it started out with just just us, like making cartoons and running a website. Yeah. Then as we got into animation, we started growing slowly. We did a, a big Kickstarter in 2013 for, for the Sinai and Happiness show and the shorts. Oh, and yeah. after that, we got another deal for seasons two through four. So we ended up scaling up to about 20 people at the peak. And then the show ended a couple of years ago. So we had to scale back down. And now we're scaling back up, except in the card games department, because we're seeing a lot of like a lot of opportunity with our games, like, especially like in the UK and Europe. So, oh, wow kind of trying to dominate the world in that capacity. But it seems like, yeah, our industry seems to change every few years. And I think that's kind of why we've stayed around so long is we've been able to like duck and weave and adapt to things yeah. changing. And then are most of your fans from the US or are, are you seeing like an increase in the UK? I think these days, most of our fans are outside of the US. We're, oh, we're really wow. big all over. And some surprising places too. Like we're really huge in India and I've been there twice now really? <laughs> for Comic-Con. What? It, That's so cool. Completely mind-blowing to be like halfway around the world and, and seeing seeing Sinai and Happiness fans line up. It's so cool. That's so awesome. Where did you go in India? The first one I went to was in Bangalore and then I went to Delhi and Mumbai back to back. Oh, nice. So I've been to three cities um, on two trips. That's really cool. Bangalore has a really good comedy scene too. And obviously it does. Delhi and Mumbai do too, but Bangalore I is like- In Bangalore, every fifth person came up and gave me their card and said, I'm doing a comedy show. <laughs> like, really? You want to come see me? Oh, um, I got to go there next time. <laughs> also um, beer. Um, beer is like a huge thing in Bangalore. Microbreweries uh, are just opening constantly. Oh my God, is Bangalore now. the new LA? What's going on? <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm vegan. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it does um, have the nicest weather in India so oh it's sense. yeah it is nice uh, that's really awesome i want to ask you now we're gonna do a lightning round and i only came up with a few questions <laughs> because i overslept because i flew out here but it's gonna <laughs> it's called new year same you and it's a, it's a lightning round of questions and you have to answer as quickly and as honestly as possible oh wow quick and honestly that's a, that's a tough combo but yeah this is like i'm in my barbara walters era right now this is my homage to her <laughs> well the world needs a new one so it, it could be yeah a... why do you dress like a slut rob no um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's called New Year, Same You. What things do you not want to change about yourself this year? Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to shave my beard for at least three months. I want to see how it goes. Okay. Is this a new beard? Kind of. I kind of go through phases where I grow a beard because I'm bored and like your facial hair sometimes is one of the few things you can control in life. So I just decided to just go wild. And then I realized six months later, I look like, like a, a greasy fucking idiot. And then I just shave it all off. But this time I think I want to stick with it and see if I'm a beard person or not. I've never really committed you just revealed a lot about men's depression. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do notice that they don't shave their beards, but I didn't realize it had to do with like control. <laughs> if, 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 like, if a man that you know suddenly starts growing a beard and he's not a beard guy, you should check on him and ask how he's doing. You know, that's, that, that's his version of, of getting bangs. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a cry for help. 
we need to we need to point that out more often they keep get, getting mad at us for getting haircuts we got to be like but you grew a beard is everything okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's how men communicate with with their face yeah hair. oh my god that's amazing what are you more proud of sign in a happiness being successful or successfully ordering a nothing burger which you did recently and it just contained an empty wrapper from mcdonald's definitely the, the nothing burger that yeah it, it was like the happiest i've been like because when it happened because that's like that's not in your that's that has to go through so many steps right that's also a lack of control you have to give it up to the world you know mm-hmm. that you can order a nothing burger from mcdonald's the mcdonald's people will fulfill it and then the doordash person will actually bring it to you <laughs> yeah everybody wins except for me maybe but it was... how much did you spend on your nothing burger again i spent 15 dollars on nothing on my nothing burger yeah amazing and now everybody's doing it <laughs> Are they? That's a shame. I feel like if too many people do it, it is going to become a nuisance. No, I just saw you <laughs> commenting on someone who tried it and I was like, oh, somebody yeah. else is trying to order a nothing burger. You know what? I hope they're tipping all the DoorDash. Well, that guy got his order canceled and reported to customer service. If, that is you saw that. so funny. I didn't see the update on that. I, I think it depends on the now, driver. My, my driver was chill. The other guy was having, having a bad day. Now he's like arrested and we're like, what happened? <laughs> the stupidest part is that this is the second time in my life that I've gotten international media coverage for something completely unrelated to my work wait what was Uh, the first time uh in like 2014 i went to alaska and they took us to a bear refuge and uh, i took a selfie with a bear behind me like there was a fence between us but you couldn't see the fence oh posted it on twitter and then like about a week later um this tabloid in the uk had an article said that it was the title was bear stupidity um stupid tourists dice with death death and it was a picture of me, like right on the cover. And that it was me so with a bear behind funny. me. And now the, the Nothing Burger thing took off. And the, the shitty part is I've been trying to, you know this, I've been trying to get verified on Twitter. And now it's too late <laughs> because it costs $8. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's a sign, it's a sign that, that like that you suck if you if you pay $8 and get the, the you got the blue, char, blue check mark, but you got it, yeah. your legacy. You may yeah. or may not have been, you may or may not have been notable, but you've got the blue check mark the right way. <laughs> Someone's going to note me. Come on. Um, But if I had had these articles happen like before Elon took over, I would have had enough press to get verified. But yeah, you should have ordered the nothing burger before. But I don't think I think it took Elon driving you to madness to order the nothing burger. I think it had to happen this way. You know, that's true. I was doom scrolling Twitter when I got the idea. So maybe Elon like subtly incepted the idea somehow into my mind. Personally, Elon has made you a happier person. Is that right? (laughs) I think that's what you're, I think you're defending Elon right now. I think that's what's happening. Damn. I mean, I am a white man on the internet, so I think it's my job to defend him. Nobody else. Incredible. When you said the, this is supposed to be lightning round, but this is too interesting. When you said that you took that selfie that reminded me of like the monkey that, that changed copyright laws. Like remember it took a selfie with a photographer's camera. Do you remember this? I did. I didn't read too much about it, but yeah, I remember that. It took a selfie. Basically what happened, what I've been reading on Twitter recently is that it's affecting like how AI works because the judge ruled or whoever ruled that it has to be like human created for them to get money off of it. And so because the AI books and stuff are not human created, like they're being taken off the internet or they're like, they're not allowed to like sell them or whatever because they're using other people's art, you know? So that monkey changed a lot. Anyways, that was the first thought that came in my head. What are you more like your cyanide and happiness character or your Twitter persona? Probably neither. I don't think. (laughs) Really? (laughs) No one knows Rob. He was a loner. 
We yeah. didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, I think the Twitter is probably a little bit closer. If I, if I was like my comic characters, I would probably be in jail by now. Yeah. So it's probably <laughs> a, a good thing. But yeah. I mean, Twitter for me is just a, a mind dump of all my stupidest half ideas. I think that's the best way for anyone to use Twitter. I would urge everyone yeah. to stop talking politics, stop retweeting the news and just order nothing on McDonald's or, you know, talk about nothing. Yeah, that's how I also feel about politics and the news on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Podcasts are a great format for politics. Oh, okay. What do you use your other social media, your Instagram and stuff? You just directly post the web comics, right? Like you don't really. I um, use Instagram out of obligation because I'm supposed to, because the man tells me to, the man being like social media and like my career. The algorithm. Um, The algorithm. But yeah, so I just kind of automate my Instagram and occasionally I'll remember it exists and post something stupid there, but. Okay. Do you have an embarrassing moment that happened recently on social media? Embarrassing? I mean, I posted a New Year's selfie and like three people said mean things about me, but I don't think that's embarrassing. That was a great selfie. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But it's one of those things where a hundred compliments on the internet can be outweighed by like one mean person, but it was good. I think people don't realize we read those comments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When people get like really active on Twitter, they tend to get meaner. I think I was like that too, honestly. If you look up my name and the words dumb bitch, it's like way too many (laughs) tweets. But it's mostly against people who are being like transphobic or something. But yeah, I think when people get really like when they start getting followers or when they get like when they're like at home and they're just like on Twitter too much, they like that's how they get attention is through like outrage right so they get like meaner and then after a while you just get like at least for normal people it feels like you get tired of like being online that much and that angry all the time yeah (laughs) calm down hopefully hopefully they'll calm down those people in your comments for sure i think the term is extremely online and eventually they tire themselves out yeah but we use it in like a cutesy way sometimes right we're like i'm extremely online and i'm mentally ill like you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah it's always said as a joke but the truth is we are yeah it's true what do you want to change uh this year what are your new year's resolutions um i mean honestly i'm trying to work less and trying to like acknowledge that i have limited time both in the week and on this earth (laughs) you have (laughs) <laughs> trying, you know. Speaking of being extremely um, online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be less online for sure um, and trying to like work less and be creative more. I think the last couple of years, I mean, a lot of people have experienced pandemic fatigue. It kind of it threw a lot of people's careers sideways. And I think yeah. for me, I'm trying to like get back to my roots and have, have more fun and less busy work. So that, that's my goal. Are there projects that you're interested in working on? Is there anything you're excited about? Yeah, I mean, some of them are too early to announce, but we've okay. got a couple of like really cool card game ideas f- for the future. We've got a new video game coming out next year. This Whoa. year, it's January. <laughs> so that, that's Wild. exciting. That's yeah. awesome. Are there any like non-Sinite and happiness projects? Because I know like, do you ever get tired of working on like the same, uh, like, because it's, it's awesome and you get to do whatever you want, but like, do you ever get tired of working on like the same like art style or with the same characters? Like, do you ever want to try something like oil painting or something? You know what <laughs> I mean? You, like, how'd you guess? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes and no. Like, I, I'm, I'm still not tired of Sunlight and Happiness. I feel like That's there's, awesome. there's infinity jokes left to tell <laughs> and, and people are still, still reading them. So I, I still love it. I'm definitely trying to get less sucked into the business side of it. That's been something that's been ongoing for a year. But yeah, I, I really want to do something new. I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's New, it's new Year's and I've definitely got the itch to try new things. 
That's like such a, that's the entire struggle with creatives is that Mm. we want to just like sit there and make stuff and then have somebody who can like handle all the business and all the admin and just like, we just sit in the room and like write or draw or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Having to like book shows and like create your own career out of nothing in comedy is so annoying. (laughs) I can imagine like like, you do all that yourself. You on this podcast, like it's all you. I have to edit this shit. It's so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) You have to wrangle guests. That's gotta be a nightmare. I love, I love the guest part actually because then I get just get to know like my friends better and like people yeah. that I meet online like I had Ken Klippenstein and and Dan Sheehan um, on and like I, I just know them from Twitter and then I got to spend an hour like talking to them whereas you and I have met in person so we're actually friends That's <laughs> like, right. before we, this podcast we, we met the night that everyone got COVID oh my that god was, don't that say a, that well that not you and me. well I got it you didn't I didn't yeah but I got it later so it was still bad but yeah we were outside guys it was fine um, we were outside but it wasn't enough because that Omicron shit is very oh contagious. yeah so everybody asks comedians this they're always like where do you get your material do you guys guys like sit in a room like South Park and just like banter back and forth or do, is it just from like real life because <laughs> like how do you do web comics work the same way for you it's a little bit yeah it's kind of similar it, it varies like no two ideas come from the same place but we do have a writer's room we get together and we riff and we talk especially for the animations for the comics it's a little bit different we just sort of wing it and each of us has our own process we often collaborate we have like a little slack channel where me Chris and Dave will just throw ideas at each other and be honest and open it's kind of like a safe place to just joke around about anything and just throw half-baked ideas at the wall. But yeah, I've always been super collaborative like with my process. I don't I don't trust my sense of humor and I never have. So I always I run my ideas past the guys unless unless they unless the idea like genuinely makes me laugh. But yeah, they come from all over the place. They come from just observing the world or they come from tweets sometimes, like a funny tweet will turn into a comic. Yeah, same process. So creatives just want to sit in a room, but also need inspiration. So now we're going to move into another segment. We, I was like, hey, Rob, let's gossip for the Patreon subscribers. And you were like, let's talk about Houston's lack of zoning laws. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started, I was thinking about gossip among webcomics, and I realized that there, there isn't much drama. We're all very gentle and kind people. Like we all go to Aww. bed at, at eight o'clock and we drive under the speed limit. We're all very, there's, there's not a lot of outrage. Unless you go, want to, <laughs> Unless you step into like, hey everybody, this is Paula V, and I'm here to say that Rob did start gossiping about people in the comics, not necessarily the web comics business, and also people who tried to work for him. And it's really good, and you should definitely check it out on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash city council show. Council is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L, just like this podcast. And also we did talk about Houston zoning laws. So check that out as well. And now back to the podcast. Goodbye. Okay, well, let's go into the trivia game because we have to get into headlines soon. So this trivia game is about current events, but they're like weird stories. Um, okay. And it's open-ended because I've tried this with multiple choice and I put in a lot of effort and the people just knew immediately what the answers were. But I Got found it. but I found weirder stories. So why did burglars in Florida Florida, call 911. Oh man, Be- the uh, they got locked in someone's house. I don't know. They asked for help moving their stuff from the home they were burglarizing. <laughs> from 911? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh no, we have to move all the stuff we're jacking from this place. You know what? That's like a true indication of what cops are. They property theft, you know? So they were just being like super based. This one, this one you might know. What stunt did the high end gym Equinox pull on January 1st? Dropping Tom Cruise off of a skyscraper. 
Oh my God. That would have been know. amazing. I don't know why I use the word stunt, but I feel like it was a stunt. <laughs> you put Tom Cruise in my head. I, I know. He's both known for stunts and Scientology. <laughs> so what does that say about the world? They banned members from joining on January 1st. They like put out a thing, a statement that was like shaming people for being like new year's new me goals people and they like banned them from coming in but then i think they allowed them on like the second (laughs) (laughs) i think it was like to kind of promote their brand of like we're like real gym people we're not like you know just starting this which is like so unhealthy people should be able to start whenever they want yeah, they probably crushed some people's dreams. Some people probably decided, never mind, and then gave up, you know? Yeah, they probably would go to other... But I think they did it to, like, recruit, like, the hardcore gym people, which is whatever. That's, like, weird, weird... That feels like, like in the gym world, like, a right thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. an, like, a right, you know, like, being like, we only want the real, real manly men here. Um, I prefer Planet Fitness, where they provide pizza parties. I think really? Get, get me in. Yeah. They have pizza parties at Planet Fitness. There's a bunch of manufactured outrage about it. Like, why are you giving people pizza if you're supposed to work out? But no, it's awesome. Everyone loves pizza. Pizza's great. It's if amazing. I, I'd probably work out more if I had more pizza. <laughs> yeah, hang a pizza in front of the treadmill and I'll run towards it. Like yeah, this is like when the dentist gave you candy. It's like, okay, I'll go to the dentist if I get candy. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's a fine trade-off. Yeah. Why did Scarborough, England cancel their New Year's fireworks event? They had a, a visitor. T- 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 oh, they had a visitor? Yeah. January. Oh, man. <laughs> was it Santa Claus? Was he late? Yeah, Santa know. Claus got... <laughs> turns out, like, only Santa Claus only... It takes a week for him to work, you know what I mean? And Scarborough, England. <laughs> well, I know there's the postal strike. I, I figured he would, like, join them in solidarity because he's, he's legit. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. No, they had a visiting walrus, and they didn't want to scare it off or, like, make it distressed. So they, w- like, they canceled the fireworks event, which I thought was so sweet. Oh, that's really nice. That's better than what they did in Oslo, where they, they killed the walrus like six months oh ago. Oh my god, yeah. Mm. Um, that was so sad. That was insane. And that was all because they were like paparazzi for a walrus, basically. I think it was because rich people were having their yachts damaged by, by the walrus. I think that's what it was. There should be a walrus terrorist, you know what I mean? Just sinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just maybe like three guys in a walrus suit. Three, three men in a walrus suit. <laughs> they're, they're pretty big animals. I've always said walrus suits are the new trench coats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a video game called High on Life can trap players inside what forever? Virtual reality? It is a video game itself, but there's like okay. things within it. In your Sims game, what would be like scary to be trapped in, for example? Uh, airplane laboratory. Close, and Applebee's. So pretty much the same thing. <laughs> About the same smell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I was like this wow. podcast is sponsored by Applebee's so um, what kind of game is this you're trapped in an Applebee's are you allowed to order food like, I don't know it's just like I think it's like a bug but they're like you have to start the game over in order to get out and mm. yeah it's is like a, sponsored by Applebee's is kind of like you could never leave what if it's, it's sponsored trying... by like Chili's like it's an op <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring back those millennials yeah what led the police on a chase through Germany recently I know they um there was a far right attempt to overthrow the government. Was that what it was? I like how you're like referencing actual like political things and I'm just like this weird well, Applebee's were, story. You're chasing a goose. I don't know what's <laughs> what happened. There was a Tesla on autopilot and a driver asleep at the wheel and they like tailed him for about like fifteen minutes on the autobahn. <laughs> and they tried to like get him to stop and he just like had no idea. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought there were no rules in the autobahn. This this is this is overreach. Is it? I don't know. 
I think <laughs> I know there's no speed limit, but I'm sure there's laws against like holding the wheel and being awake. Yeah, probably. It's just really funny that you could be on a police chase and like maybe they'll have like a Tesla helicopter chasing you and then everything will be automated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> just GTA, like robot police dogs, like <laughs> chasing maybe. a decoy vehicle. And there's no one in the car at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Perfect. That's a good use of re police resources. Absolutely. Yeah, and then we'll all be um, inside making web comics, and nobody will <laughs> <laughs> will hurt us. Tasting Table came out with an article that said, "What are a South American delicacy?" Article about what? It's a, it's like something is a South American delicacy. What would they call a South American delicacy? Um, I don't know. Um, capybara eyeballs. I don't know. It's big <laughs> butt ants. There are ants that have. <laughs> Big butts and big butt ants. Yeah, big nice. booty ants, and they're considered a South American delicacy. <laughs> it's like nice. you know, you know, like people eat like grasshoppers and stuff. Do you just eat the butts or the whole ants? I don't know. I feel like it's a personal choice, probably. Yeah. And my next question: Do you get to choose the biggest butt ants, like like a lobster tank? Can, can you point at them? I'm sure you can. I mean, I feel like they're you know they just like take they cook them in a pan or whatever. So I'm sure you could just pick out. The thick mommies that you want to eat. Oh, yeah. Well, the asses to, that you want to eat, you know? Off to South America for me, then. <laughs> That'd be so funny if, like, a bunch of weirdos were just like, yeah, I just came here for the ants. <laughs> They're wearing ants t-shirts from that movie in the 90s. Yeah. What is Taylor Swift's cat's net worth? Um, $6 million. $97 million. That's fucked up. It's like an influencer. It's named Olivia Benson, first of all, which is incredible. <laughs> I guess she was in like music videos with Taylor Swift and had like ads and stuff. So she's like, you know, it's a Nepo cat. She's like working. Hmm. I mean, that's kind of the problem with social media summed up. Like, how can anyone be expected to like pursue yeah. a career in this area when you can never be as famous or wealthy as a, a cat or dog? You know? Yeah. I also get really mad when they have like purebred accounts that make a lot of money. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is pushing a beauty standard that animals should not be held to, you know? Or humans. Like or these humans. cats are cuter than me. Yeah, for fair. sure. I try to follow like mostly like rescues. And then I'm like, oh, like this influencer cat is a purebred, but it's not its fault. And then I have like a whole rest wrestling with my own morality about whether to follow like animals that have no idea what Instagram is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm jealous of the cat that make that's worth $97 million, but also the cat doesn't understand what money is. So I can't really be angry at it. Yeah. Know? The cat's happy with like a box, you know? Yeah. So whatever. What do 778,000 Wisconsinites have? It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. <laughs> Childhood obesity. Oh my God. No, know. at least one operating while intoxicated conviction. Everybody's getting wasted over there. <laughs> I mean, what else is there to do in Wisconsin? Pretty much. A lot and, of people. Wow. That's yeah. It's a lot of people. They got to change something. This is why we need public transit. <laughs> An Australian couple are raising money to do what? It's mean. It's a mean thing, I think. I don't know. Can kangaroo kickboxing tournament. Oh my God. Do you think? I feel like some kangaroos would be into it. Yeah, but they've done that like jacked kangaroo that everybody was in love with. <laughs> I bet he's like in the MMA now. This couple is raising money to remove Wham's last Christmas from the air. They want to buy the rights because they like the, as a joke, they were like, we asked friends how much they would be willing to pay to never hear the song again. And now they're like raising money to do it. I'm kind of into that. That song is one of the ones that 
I think is overplayed. I wouldn't miss it if it was gone. What? I would total. I love Christmas music. <laughs> I'm like a huge Christmas head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I fucking love it. I'm not one of those people that's like blast it from everywhere, like before Thanksgiving. But I like I'm like happy when it's like around and I get in my Christmas mode. You know what I mean? And like sometimes I'll li even listen to Christmas music on my headphones when I'm walking I'm, around. I'm also, I like the principle of using your money to take a song off the air. It's so petty and it's just like unnecessary. I think it'd be really funny. Just how much could someone pay you to take cyanide and happiness off of the web? It would take a lot. I mean, what, what's your offer? What, well, the cat has $97 million. <laughs> I would definitely do it for $97 million. If the cat bought Sign and Happiness, we would close up shop immediately. The, all the characters slowly start morphing into cats. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Overnight, actually, it would just be catnip jokes. It would be Garfield. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's how Garfield started. It was like a it was a human comic and then it just slowly got bought out by Big Lasagna. Um, Big Lasagna. Now I'm hungry. I know, me too. Okay, we're going to jump into headlines. This is an update. I feel like you will know what some of what's happening. But this is an update on a story that I kind of covered last week, but Andrew Tate <laughs> Yes. Alpha male got arrested for human trafficking after a nine month investigation. There was misinformation that went around that said that Greta Thunberg like or responding to his instigation caused him to release this video where <laughs> a local pizza chain was delivered to him because he was making I assume what can only be described as an attempt at a joke to talk about how he wouldn't recycle the pizza boxes and this like local Romanian chain deliver the pizza. And this one person tweeted that it was because of that video that he was arrested, but then that was found out to be misinformation. So yeah, I wish that was true because that's hilarious. But then I remembered passports exist. So passports they know where exist. He <laughs> He'd also posted on stuff before, but also like, I think that there are rules with like, cause he has access to private jets. So I feel like mm. they might not know which jet he's on, which I didn't think of as a problem before this. Like I didn't realize that like rich people can just go where, I mean, I kind of knew, but I didn't realize like how easy it was for rich people to go wherever they want. Cause they don't have like customs and borders at like private hangers. You know what I mean? So that was like a whole like misinformation thing. It turns out there was an organization named Greta that had been like investigating. Now I'm like, I don't even know if that's true, but the, cause the police, I haven't like seen like official statements. I've just seen like a lot of misinformation about this. I like, I might be in the minority here, but I think misinformation can be okay as long as it's funny and targeted towards bad people like the rumor that elon musk has a weird dick like sure it may be mis maybe it's not true but it's funny therefore we should promote it and getting arrested for a pizza box like if that makes you happy to believe i think people people should you know i think historically this specific podcast has been really into rumor spreading um <laughs> like we've accused many right-wing politicians of getting bbls so i feel like we're fine with it cool. um but it is it does bother me that that person who, who posted that as fact, like I went and I looked at before I like retweeted or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is a journalist. So you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? That raises like, problems. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I they had to defend their their statement, but like it does damage their like credibility in my mind. And I'm like, damn, I got so much information from you before. And now this is like, you know, OK. And then after the whole fake Pizzagate thing, 
as opposed to the other one, which is absolutely real. There was a couple of Twitter spaces that happened with regards to Andrew Tate. And it's not like what what he's accused of is like horrific. Like he was accused of human trafficking. He very openly boasted about what he did because he had like a webcam company with his brother, Tristan. And he talked about how he would basically like seduce women and then kind of, and coerce them into becoming webcam workers. And that's like openly stated on like his website. And that's called the lover boy technique in sex trafficking. Like that is a yeah. actual technique that's used in human trafficking. He's also accused of rape. So all of that is like not funny at all, but like the weird shit that's like happening around it, like him and the Greta thing and, you know, getting dunked on. And then also like, Right after that, there were a couple Twitter spaces that happened. There was this Andrew Tate arrest live coverage Twitter space, and it was hosted by somebody named like Mario. And someone posted that the host of this Chud Andrew Tate space is freaking out because he just found out coercing women into prostitution is illegal because he quote, has lots of friends who use that strategy. And the the person was like, I'm not joking or exaggerating. So like all of this, like weird, like alpha male misogyny stuff is like fun to laugh at until you realize that like, oh shit, like this is, they actually are doing harm to women. You know what I mean? Like they Mm -hmm. actually are implementing, they would get them to fly to Romania, like from other countries. And then they would be like abandoned there, which is finding out people are realizing things are illegal because they never viewed women as as people is like insane you know (laughs) right they're literally doing a crime that has been done by like you know mafias and like people for decades and then but they're discovering it for the first time they think as as something cool you can do yeah they're like it turns out like manipulating women is like so easy and at least they're admitting to crimes in public spaces so hopefully like there's some justice that comes from that yeah, hopefully their stupidity will like lead to the freedom for these these women, which is kind of what happened with Andrew Tate there. And then there was this woman. Have you do you know? I'm sure she's popped up on your timeline. Samira Khan. She like was body shaming someone before Ashley Graham, I think it's Ashley Graham, the plus sized model. And she so she popped up on my my timeline before and then she popped up again her she had a tweet that said we are hosting a twitter space with the afghan taliban to discuss the (laughs) detainment of andrew tate they're worried about andrew tate and they are asking us if he's free yet they say westerners need andrew tate because we were oppressed by feminists like when you have the taliban on your side maybe reconsider you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, pack it in and like gleefully advertising that you that you, you got this special guest, the Taliban. Yeah, space. They're like, oh my God. Now, uh, have you seen that latest episode of Oprah with ISIS? You know, it like is it's like <laughs> it's so weird. Like the internet is amazing for connecting people, and it's also horrific for connecting people. Oh yeah, it's the worst. Like I'm 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 very much anti-internet when I look at it as a whole. Yeah. Like, what would you be doing if you didn't have the internet oh, as a career? I, as a career? I don't know. But <laughs> mentally, <laughs> I'd be a lot happier. I just saw you <laughs> mentally, like, frolicking through a field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I'd be. Yeah. Okay. This other story is very sad. A football player named Damar Hamlin was injured on the field. He was hit, and he suffered a cardiac arrest during a game. And for nine minutes, he was administered CPR on the field. And now he's in critical condition and they have him sedated. He's 24 years old and they have him sedated so that his body can heal. But 
what was crazy, there were a couple things that were crazy that show like larger issues with the system. The NFL wanted to try to keep playing after his his own teammates were surrounding him on the field, watching him get CPR. Like I saw that. And and the players and and the coaches said that they wouldn't play, which was obviously Mm. like that's so traumatic to to watch and to have happen to like like they were afraid he was going to die. Like it was really sad. And there's like, he's still not the NFL wanted to keep playing. Like these are people who just watched their friend potentially die in front of them. And like the NFL wanted to keep going. That's insane. Yeah. It really shows how like they don't view them as people, you know what I mean? Mm. They just view them as like assets in this. I don't know. It's, It's really fucked up. And then someone was like, you know, that also happens. Like that's what happened in Amazon. Like somebody died and they just put boxes around the person and then they just like kept working. And it's like, what the, like it happens at all, like, you know, levels. Like they really don't view workers as, as people, when it comes to top down capitalism, they like take people's labor over their humanity. Absolutely. Um, Every industry. Yeah. And they also have like a history with ignoring CTE. There was the famous case of the football player who shot himself in the <laughs> chest so that his brain could be preserved, Junior Seau. And although they've been claiming to have had like committees and like investigations into CTE, they haven't really like moved uh, the needle as far as people say they should. And there was like a study in 2017 in the New York Times that had like like I think they studied like the the brains of like 111 player football players and only one of them didn't show signs of CTE. Oh so, <laughs> and then um, who was the fuck? I'm forgetting the name of the the football player who like killed people. Aaron. Aaron Hernandez. He had like the most CTE. He was like he died pretty young in um, prison, but he committed two murders, and then he and he died pretty young, and he had like the most CTE of any anybody had seen in someone that young. Um, yeah. So. I don't know what he would have done if he didn't have CTE, but like clearly it's not helping. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember reading a lot about this a couple of years ago, how like through the history of football, they, as they've made more advancements in padding and helmets and that kind of level of safety, people have started playing more aggressively because that's how you win. Oh yeah. And so like the, uh, the rate of broken bones went way, way down, but then brain injuries went way up. So it's just... It's it's crazy that America has invented this sport where people just permanently destroy their their you know their spinal cords and brains just for entertainment. I had like, someone in my comments who were who were like, "The violence is part of the appeal," and I'm like, "That should never be a sentence." Like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? You, like for uh, entertainment, this go is not, back, they're not they're not gladiators Rome. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what the like and there and there were people who were like, "Oh, you shouldn't comment on it if you're not playing football or don't know much about it." And I'm like, "But I mean, these are like medical professionals who are who have studied the effect. Like it it has nothing to do with like." I mean, I, f- I really do truly feel that you can call out abuse from outside a system, even if you're not within it. Like often when you're within it, you can't, right? That's yeah. the whole point and, of allies. <laughs> so, yeah, nasty like, that somebody told you that, no, no, you need to go like put on gear and go on the field and get hit in the head really hard before you have an opinion about yeah. this. Yeah, okay? you can only experience CTE <laughs> if you if you dislike it. Yeah, um, CTE might be good. You have to try it before yeah, you get your mind. The tingling means it's working. <laughs> But another aspect of this is that it was immediately politicized. Tucker Carlson had this clip that I'm going to I'm going to show. We I don't know. Did you see it? Did you see the clip? I didn't. I try to avoid that stuff mostly, oh, okay. but I heard about it. They tried to blame the vaccine 
Yeah. So basically yeah. they tried to to blame the vaccine and he basically the entire time. Damn. the I found the clip through the same journalist who spread the Pizzagate misinformation. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is an actual clip. But basically the entire time he's like, we don't know what it was. You know, people were making assumptions. What don't we know? Well, what we don't know could fill volumes, starting with why DeMar Hamlin had a heart attack on a football field. We do not know the answer, and there is no way to know the answer. We're not going to lie to you and pretend we do know the answer. But that has not stopped many others from lying to you. Hamlin was still lying on the field receiving CPR when self-described medical experts in the media, people with no demonstrated medical ethics at all, effectively witch doctors, decided to use his tragic, life-threatening injuries as an opportunity to spread still more propaganda about the COVID shots. It could not have been the shot, they told you. Shut up. But they're lying. They don't know that. They don't know anything more than we know, which is effectively nothing. We can't say it was the shot. We can't say it wasn't the shot. We don't know whether he got the shot. We don't know, and neither do they. So why are they telling you they know something they don't? Well, it's not the first time, of course. We don't know. It could have been the vaccine. It's one of those, like, I'm just asking questions moments. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to furrow my brow. Was it the vaccine? I don't know. Do you know? Does anyone know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That. And then Charlie Kirk had a tweet that was like, this is a tragic and all too familiar sight right now. Athletes dropping suddenly, trying to blame the vaccine as well. He's an all too familiar sight. Yeah. But only within American football. We don't know why. <laughs> only the right has made those connections. Interesting. Um, Very interesting. Makes you think. Really makes yeah. <laughs> it really like makes that. it really makes Scott Adams pull out a whiteboard and start drawing on it. <laughs> this is a Scott Adams hate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we started using like interesting like Elon says it. We're like hmm, interesting. It's like the Trump sad. <laughs> yeah, like, or we love sad. to see it. We love to see it. Yeah, so that's that's what's happening with Damar Hamlin. His family is with him. He's in critical condition right now, and so we're hoping that he pulls through. He had a toy drive for charity and it was only supposed to be a few thousand dollars and now people have raised millions of dollars for it which is really sweet that's amazing um, yeah I, I don't follow football but everything i've heard about this guy it sounds like he's a really amazing dude yeah it sounds like he's a really good guy and he was just trying to do good things and it was just like he got hit at the wrong time so uh, we hope he he does okay Okay, in funnier news, Kevin McCarthy is desperately attempting to become Speaker of the House. Have you followed this? I have. I've been kind of casually following it because isn't it the first time in a hundred years that <laughs> it's the, the first majority time. has been unable to elect a Speaker? Yeah, they've been unable to because they're all infighting now because when you have no fucking morals, you're, you'll turn on each other immediately. But I think they did a fourth vote this morning. He did three votes yesterday. They did a fourth one. I don't think he's like, I think he's just like going to keep voting. <laughs> like, I, I don't think there's only one way to f really get, get this finished, I think. And that's an Elon Musk Twitter poll. I think that'll yeah, finish that's it. Vox Populi. Vox yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think like, I don't know what his plan is because he has to change like 19 to 20 Republican votes in order to become Speaker of the House. And you have to have a Speaker of the House before anybody can get sworn in. So there were all these like Congress people that were just like sitting on the steps, like just waiting to be sworn in, you know, and George Santos <laughs> was there and George Santos was like sitting the we talked we covered him last week. He's the one he's the rep who like fully like lied about everything and said he was Jewish, even though, you know, like he was like, yeah. I never said I was Jewish. I said I was Jewish. He was sitting 
there and like no one would go near him because they all knew who he was and someone walked up to him and at, and he was they were like oh i'm so and so and he <laughs> he was like oh i'm george santos and then that person immediately like turned and walked away <laughs> they didn't know who he was but basically it's like chaos and all of the Republicans are turning against each other. There's a whole faction of people who were trying to, after I think the first vote failed, I think during the second, maybe it was the third. It's hard to keep track now. They tried to have Jim Jordan be an alternative option. Jim Jordan, who when he was a wrestling coach in Ohio, knew of the sexual abuse by the OSU doctor against six of his wrestlers and was like asking them not to say anything. A great alternative to Kevin McCarthy. We love the GOP's candidate problem. So many fine Um, people. So many fine people. As of this morning, I think he, they lost the fourth vote, and Matt Gates is accusing Kevin McCarthy of squatting in the Speaker's office. <laughs> He's like, You're, you didn't win. You're not allowed to be there. And Lauren Boebert, this is so Lauren Boebert and like Matt Gates are like anti Kevin McCarthy. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is still is breaking from her besties and is still supporting him. And Trump is also supporting him. And I don't know what the plan is because they're presenting Jim Jordan as an alternative. Like he's not getting that many votes either. You know, like it seems to be really split. So I don't know what they're going to do because they can't do anything. They have to vote on speaker and they have to vote on like the rules of like how things are going to be run before they can Mm -hmm. actually like approach any legislation. So considering they have no platform anyway, I think whether or not they elect a speaker might not even matter. What if we just put this whole thing on hiatus? You know, let's yeah, let's not swear anyone in. Let's let, let the them previous keep fighting. Guy, let the previous crew leave. Let's have no representatives for a couple of years. Because I mean, it, it's not going to make a difference anyway. Let's just see yeah. what happens. I mean, I feel like George Santos is going to walk out of there and be like, oh, we figured it out. And we're going to be like, did you? And he'll be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is that there's no House of Representatives. I think it's kind of like when there's a substitute teacher, like you don't actually have to have to work. You just order pizza. That happened. (laughs) That happened at my school in my (laughs) civics class. We had a substitute teacher and somebody ordered pizza to the classroom and all chaos broke out. It was amazing. Amazing. (laughs) The sub was like, yeah, if I get a slice, you can have the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's like most of the headlines for today. I was going to have some more, but I I was like, I need to hold for a fun story. And then the Kevin McCarthy story turned out to be really fun. So we're going to keep an eye on that and see what happens. I love seeing these these crabs fight in a barrel. So I don't know. It's going to be fun. It is wonderful to see them fight when they're not completely in power. It's sort of we're kind of on the outside looking in, which is which is fun. Yeah, it's fun to see them like fight each other rather than like innocent trans children, you know, right? exactly. Yeah. Keep, keep yourselves occupied. I always think about that. Like what if all of these like evil people had like other hobbies, you know, like what if Lauren Boebert was just like really into knitting, you know, like maybe (laughs) it would be a different world. Yeah. It'd be a much better world. Yeah. And speaking of making a better world, I was going to ask you what mutual aid babe of the week you'd like to plug. Well, I thought since I grew up in Houston and you're in Houston, there's a really great mutual aid there called BLM HTX. And that stands for Black Lives Matter, Houston, Texas, for those of you who don't know acronyms. Um, (laughs) For all my idiot listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But they're really great. They've been around for a while, but recently they've done a lot of good work for pandemic support, people who are out of work, people who need help with medical bills, especially in Houston, which has been hit hard. Um, Houston's always struggled, but it's a really great place to, to, um, to donate to. And there's also like the there's been BLM controversies, but all of the local chapters have their own things going on. So they're like, even if you've like heard about like the leaders of BLM being 
like not handling the money correctly. These local chapters are run by different people. And that's part of part of what BLM was about was like spreading out and what mutual aid is about. So BLM keeping it local is always the best idea. Yeah. BLMHTX.org. You can donate there. Thank you so much, Rob. I usually am like, where can we find you? But if you just Google cyanide and happiness. <laughs> yeah. Usually we can find you if you just like scroll through Facebook enough times. You'll, you'll see one of our Yeah. Comments. So yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug? You have a video game coming out. You have yeah, card we, games. We just launched our third card game a month ago. It's called Master Dater. It's it's, it's a dating game. I saw game. that and it's, I was like, excellent name. Excellent It's a lot name. of fun. It's a party <laughs> game. Super easy to play. Uh, very creative. I mean, other than that, yeah, just we, we make a short every week and a comic every day. So if you, even if you've been reading like 10 years ago and kind of, you know, wandered off to other things, we're, we're still here. C- come give us a read and catch up. Yeah, it's still sharp as ever. That's what I love. I like, I remember like, it was so formative in my like college years mm-hmm. and like, which is weird to me because you're, we're like not that different in age. And I've brought this up before and I'm really upset that you <laughs> <laughs> influenced me when you were like not that much older than me, but it was like big in my college years. And then I was like going like after, you know, like, getting to know you and stuff, I like go back and, and I look at them and they're still as like sharp as ever. And I don't know, it's just cool that you've been able to maintain so many jokes over so long of a period of time consistently. And they're all like, good like they're not like hack jokes they're like r- they're all really good and so that's i don't know that's really cool and i'm like how am i going to do that as a comedian <laughs> the trick is <laughs> like, to never stop joking it's like being a dolphin or a shark which one is it that dies if it stops swimming oh yeah it's, i think it's, it's yeah. shark i don't know but yeah whichever sh- animal <laughs> we're talking about yeah, that's what you have to be like with comedy i think you have to always be joking so that you yeah. don't fall apart tomorrow there's going to be like a shark comic and I'm going to be like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No credit given exposure. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Rob. That's our episode. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Meeting adjourned. This episode of the City Council podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan. That's me. The music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and live stand-up comedy shows. To support the show and for exclusive bonus content, please join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash city council show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.